Hi there. Just some pre-show housekeeping stuff. Uh, this is the last episode of the first season, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, but uh, after this, we're going to be moving on to the drawing of the three. But we're going to take a slight stop in the Stephen King book, The Eyes of the Dragon. If you would like to uh, kind of keep up with this as it goes along, uh, consider buying or checking out both of those on Amazon uh, by going through our tip jar link, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar where you can use that link and then buy those books. doesn't cost you anything extra, and it helps support the show. Otherwise, uh, take a look at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, and well, you know all this already. Thank you so much for making the season so great. I love the response that the show is getting, and uh, looking forward to several more. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld. It is a Dark Tower podcast, and this week we are talking about the final chapter of The Gunslinger, called The Gunslinger and the Man in Black, part of this book's uh, kind of mission, its quest, to make titling these episodes as awkward as possible. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, this week, uh, I am joined by uh, Evan Jones-Thorne. Hi, Evan. Hi. Uh, by Jeremy Greer. Hello. And by Murph Murphy. How's it going, guys? Yeah. As it begun, as it began, so shall it end. Um, so Kai's the, a wheel. Kai's <laughs> a wheel. The, 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 the same <laughs> crew of folks who uh, about uh, 10 months ago embarked said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll do this pilot. And, you know, then it became this. And now we're now we're going and things are things are pretty good. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of strange. Usually I start by asking whoever is new on the episode uh, how they have been uh, proceeding with the series or where they where they kind of came to it from their history, uh, things like that. But we don't have that crutch right now. Uh, and Murph, <laughs> I know for you, I know for you, you you're you're kind of reading along with the show, and we'll we'll get to your predictions uh, a, a little bit later <laughs> on. Um, Evan, since it's been the longest since uh, since you've been on the show, kind of yeah. how, how how have things been? Have you been like revisiting the series in any kind of way uh, since we since we kind of got this rolling? Uh, I have. I've been I've been reading again and just kind of trying to to catch up, and I've been listening to the episodes that have aired so far and uh, really just getting way more excited than anybody should be over the smallest details from the movie that they've released. Yeah. So it's funny <laughs> mm -hmm. because we, we, we talked about the movie way back when there were um, scant details available. There was that trailer that leaked um, here a couple months ago. Uh, big thanks to Allison for bringing that to my attention. Um, but I haven't seen anything since then, aside from just like interviews and people talking about just kind of like setting kind of, kind of things. Yeah. It's, it's mostly been setting stuff. And, uh, that, that trailer was, was just ridiculous. Like that was, I, I'm, I am completely on board with it after seeing that and just what, what little I've been able to figure out and what I've, what they've leaked and what they've released officially and what they've uh, Idris Elba has tweeted out little <laughs> tiny details. It, they're doing something real weird and I'm very excited. Yeah. I I wouldn't want anything less, honestly. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't want a straight adaptation because that kind of seems to run counter 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want Rem- Zack Snyder's version of the Dark Tower. To come to life. No. I mean, it's I don't want dark. that at all. Oh, you don't like slow mo? <laughs> I mean, I like slow mo a little, but come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you got Remind seven books to get through. Like, you can just go at thirty frames per second. Yeah. Just, just, just feather the fader. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to lean on it. Yeah. Remind me in what uh what the movie is adapting what book? Um, it's it's good question is the answer <laughs> yeah. to that because uh, this the stuff that they've released so far that seems to be kind of uh it's going to take place after the gunslinger but also deal with some of his like deal with some of the things that the gunslinger the book takes care of so it's it's kind of all over the place and they're consolidating characters and some major characters from that I thought were going to be in the movie are absent so far so it, yeah. it's going to be a weird take and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it yeah. I kind of yeah, feel like it's uh, the next Dark Souls game where I just don't want to know anything about it until it comes out <laughs> yeah. I'm so I'm, I'm so torn between wanting to know everything and not wanting to know anything mm-hmm. and yeah. fortunately they've been doing a really good job at restricting what you can know yeah um, but yeah, it, it seems like it's it's going to be kind of the third or fourth book with smatterings of the first, second, and fifth and sixth. <laughs> all right, so all but the seventh, <laughs> yeah. and then like probably something from the seventh, just just cause, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like one of one of the main characters in the first movie uh, doesn't get introduced until. I, I want to say either Wolves of the Cow or Song of Susanna. Hmm. Like like the hmm. the female they, they've I've, I've seen her described as the female lead uh, is I can't remember the character's name right now to save yeah. my life, but it's it's somebody that I recognize from the the Kala part of the story. Weird. And hmm. and and, and uh, thinking back on it, I cannot even think of who that would be or who that who I'm, that is. I was I'm sitting here struggling too. Yeah. Thinking like, who is it would be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> any anybody who it, who it could have been who is major like it doesn't make any sense. And we're speaking obliquely because we're trying to we're trying to avoid spo- spoilers. What, what what I have seen kind of places Jake at the center of this. And that was part of my part of my initial kind of reservation about the about the movie is because by putting Jake at the center it makes it feel kind of like a YA novel adaptation kind of thing. Um, um how those are hot now. Super yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, which would probably do something for the you know for the ticket sales but i you know just <laughs> i don't quite want the Zack snyder version of that but i also don't want like the dark tower as as envisioned by the director of maze runner or something like that <laughs> we're not going to get with another uh, the second <laughs> divergent uh reference on, on this podcast no i don't think I was, so i was waiting for that <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm not drinking a divergent i'm drinking a great lakes christmas sale so all right. Oh, that's, a to- that's a totally different uh, young adult dystopian mm-hmm. future right there. <laughs> yep. Yep. There are five, there. Escape from the Santa Claus. <laughs> people in the dystopian future, people have to create toys 365 years, days of the year, only to receive them on the you know, one night. But one young, spunky young teen can can stop it. Yeah. With you know, with Sounds her like days of future know, hot boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, I hate this movie. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Why did you speak it into existence? Uh, believe this power. is the worst Will Ferrell joint I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he playing the hot boyfriend? <laughs> oh man! I was going to say no. I'm me, quitting the podcast. Uh, so now it's outside, and <laughs> at least now we can all fight it together. Yep. Much like the heroine in my movie, where <laughs> she has to fight all seven reindeer. Oh no. <laughs> 
<laughs> using Rudolph's severed nose as a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. uh, no, it's see, like the, the heart is honored. You know, it just, it just oh, speaks. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. See, this, like, this doesn't make any sense because because people are listening to this uh, in like early February. They don't realize that we're recording in the middle of December. <laughs> it's some it's some real pre tape call in show kind of stuff. Um, can and, we? Uh, good. Cole, can you just edit that out so we can redo that with the Valentine's Day theme instead? Uh, yeah. Let me retake. let me clap here so we get the edit point. Okay, so she's uh, fighting Saint Valentine's and the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Mm-hmm, okay. Carol is her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that that detail is constant. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the only thing this movie has going for it. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's it's really the carriage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the underbelly. <laughs> um, Evan, if you can uh, if you can find a couple of uh, cool links uh, that uh, that give a, some of those details, I don't mean to give you homework, but uh, I, I haven't been looking for those, and I would like to put those into the show notes uh, if, yeah, if people are that. curious. Yeah. It's, uh, by by the time this comes out, it's a. Uh, going to be even older news than it already is but yeah i'm happy to yeah. to dig those up yeah i mean no no sense in uh, not not doing it i suppose yeah so we should yeah. probably uh get, get going thank you for, for for sharing those details um with the uh the gunslinger and the man in black so last time uh roland and jake followed the man in black um who i have when i was writing these notes i got tired of writing the man in black so i just wrote mib um after the first subheader or something like that so chasing the men in black agent k and j uh, making some making some (laughs) havoc in these uh in these subway tunnels uh kind of the 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 arteries of this gigantic uh subway system this hulk of the old ones in there technological society right uh roland shared a story of his coming of age talked about sacrificing his bird friend david uh to become a gunslinger in this uh uh, very brutal fight um and then right after that uh, well roland sacrificed jake by letting him die in a bridge collapse um and now with that price paid we are set up for a very strange chapter um, because in a book that has been flashbacks and world building and, you know, setting the set, setting the stage and, you know, some action, this whole last chapter, you know, the, the denouement is just conversation, a little bit of magic, a little bit of, you know, sorcery and, and deception, but it is, it is just them hashing it out. Yeah. Um, can I say I, I really like this chapter and I really dislike this chapter. <laughs> I was going to say there's a there's, there's a big butt coming, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, this is like I'm really conflicted on this. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to start positive because we're in 2017 now. <laughs> wink, wink. And I'm trying to stay positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can you can a, retake that? It's uh, it's it is St. Patrick's Day now. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, we had some schedule slip. I'm not going to edit this for three months. <laughs> no, but you're good. So start with the positive. Like, lay, lay, lay out your theses so, like, so we can I'm, get your approach. I went to Catholic school, so I am an ex-Catholic. And this the whole uh, Golgotha, uh, what is it, um, coming to meet Isaac or something about his Isaac. Yeah. Basically yeah. Go, go that, gather wood to build a fire to remember your Isaac. Yeah. Right. Any, any kind of, you know, biblical, not, I don't want to call it deep reference, but like, you know, just beyond, uh, whatever we get a lot of biblical references in this, mm-hmm. uh, part of the story. And I'm kind of, I'm into that kind of imagery. And also it's a, you know, kind of a, a pit of skulls, like <laughs> awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 a gravel pit, but it's mostly femur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like as a you know, like this is some uh, seventh seal type shit going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just kind of hashing out this cosmic stuff in this setting. So like, I agree, all that's really good. I also like the man in black reaching into our world for reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, continuing to do that, like, and Roland knows nothing. Like he, you know, MIB drops that Isaac reference, and he's like, "I got nothing. I just want to kill you." Roland and, is, is kind of steadily clueless throughout this entire conversation. Like <laughs> Roland never seems to have like his legs on solid ground, which I, I think is we we've seen Roland kind of be powerless before, but up until this point, he's been kind of a relentless engine of forward momentum, and now you really see him just kind of totally shaken and like now that he's finally got what he wants, he's you know the the, the <clears throat> Typical dog with a bone. Now that he's got it, he has no idea what to do with it, <laughs> which I find really interesting. Yeah, and, and really, he just kind of defaults to his to, to his uh, um, default, really, which is to try and kill him. He's right here, and I think he tries to kill him or like mentions killing him like six times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and he said it a couple chapters ago, like you know, would you would you kill your answer so easily? You know, what's the mm-hmm. what, what, what's the negative? Just just so we can kind of uh, kind of lay this out, because I want to get your impression as somebody who is coming to this fresh. Um, so my negative is a little bit further. It's after we get to the vision. Mm. And it's it's really and this might be this might be the Lord of Ring, the Rings problem in that. Oh, yeah. The Lord of the Rings. That's so derivative. Yeah. But yeah. the uh, the the whole like size, like size is the is the this is the thing that. We can't possibly comprehend. And what if, what if we're just an atom on another <laughs> blade of grass, man? I mean, that was like literally played for comedy in Animal House. Like that's that's yeah. Donald Sutherland's whole kick, you know? Like, is that I, I I can't tell if if King is trying to be like serious here, and like the the Red King is just a dude with like been has been smoking up too much, so he's got red eyes, uh, but like. That entire vision kind of really was it felt like King was trying to go for like this really weird majesty of like everything is really big, but it it kind of just came out came off as like this is something I would have written in ninth grade if I had smoked weed yeah i mean it, it so so it's it's getting at a core idea like there's nothing here that is a lie about the cosmology so far there's some lies later on when we talk about like the mechanics of the, of the way some of the stuff works um but uh you know that that, that idea of you know the, see the see the world in a in a handful of dust or something like that that is that is a theme you know in yeah. in, in in what can contain a world and what what is you know like the thing he sees in that vision we'll get there uh, right. Like that, like that, that that becomes an important uh, an important point, and you know, appropriately, mm-hmm. that is something that was added in the revision. Oh, oof, not, that... not not the not the size thing, but specifically what he oh. sees the blade of grass. Not not the whole thing about the about the size. Like this was written, you know, in 1973. Like so, okay. it has it has that going for it at the very least. I don't know. Like so, so I'll, I'll throw it to like Evan or Jeremy because I I don't feel like I can offer a good defense of this. Like does like does that notion work for you? I can uh, I can jump in here because it, it reading this now at 36 years old is a much different experience of reading it when I was like 13 and I, I don't know it was either 13 to 15 I don't quite remember how old I was but this was like my first exposure to these kind of concepts of like oh man 
what if we are just an atom on a blade of grass? I'm never mowing grass again. Like it, it kind of was, it, it was kind of mind blowing at that young age. And again, this is something that Merch just spoke to with the Lord of the Rings problem. If you wait, you know, 20, if you read 20 years worth of fantasy novels and then read Lord of the Rings, you're just not going to like it that much. Mm-hmm. It's not that great. Yeah. But uh, coming back to this, it it is very kind of trite and rote. I think it's written fairly well. Like I, I'm, I'm into what was happening, but like the actual cosmology of it kind of left me flat this time. Although, mm-hmm. man, I, I specifically wanted to be on this chapter because of this, like last, this vision, like this was yeah, what yeah. I oh, remember man. like <laughs> t- tying me into the dark tower series as a yeah. whole, like hearing this, reading this and thinking like, okay, this world is this big. And here's this like obstinate, like gunslinger that is going <laughs> after the very, very center of it. Like, I want to see what happens when, you know, they, when this force meets this object, like yeah. I want to see what's going to happen with this. And it, you could argue whether the series delivers on it or not, but like it, reading this now, I'm still interested. I want to see what happens afterwards, but boy, like I've seen this movie and I've read this book and I've seen this <laughs> in comic books. And then I read Grant Morrison. Right. And I was like, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is where all of this is going from. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and this, this is likely, you know, there, there, there are probably any number of antecedents that, that you know, came before this, both sure. like science fiction too. Like, you know, that idea of, again, where we're, I think we're, this, so that, th- that is something that is outsized in this presentation of, uh, of these ideas is the whole, you know, and uh, uh, a solar system in, you know, in a single atom here right that that's like a science fiction kind of thing that's also like <laughs> the man in black kind of talking circles around roland a little bit because he has no idea what any of this is like he's a learned <laughs> man but you know like there, there, there are some concepts that are being dropped here and there's something i love about the way that the man in black is written specifically because you know he the majority of this chapter is him speaking we've only seen him you know like in fleeting glances in recollections you know of of people that he interacted with or you know as the result of the traps that he laid in his path so like the the amount of screen time that he gets here and just the the cadence of his voice and uh and George Godal in the uh in the audiobook version of this sells it really really well if you go and listen to that like the the man in black is kind of a bastard but he's a showman you know right he's 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 very much a, a character that i like kind of your your loki's your your uh ravens coyote kind of like oh yeah this here's here's this evil thing that's just kind of has been gotten. He's not the most powerful person, but he's gotten by on you know his wits and trickery. Mm-hmm. And he's and hey, he's here. He, he's putting on a show for you right now. <laughs> this is this is his element. Yeah, in this pit of skulls, <laughs> roasting a rabbit, and you know laying down tarot cards. Yeah, and make blow in someone's mind yeah he's a he's a ham and he's got all of the attention evan i want to make sure you get a chance to chime in just on the on the broad strokes of this before we get into the details yeah i think one of my favorite things about this chapter is that it it does kind of fill out the man in black as a character it gives us like you'd said more of a sense of his voice which is he's one of the most interesting characters in i think all of king's work And the fact that he kind of pops up in so many different forms and so many different books is fascinating. Um, But my maybe my favorite detail about this chapter uh, is is that he tells Roland that he isn't his real enemy. He's just an agent of the real bad guy. Yeah, the the, the king with the red hands, which is an amazing piece of imagery. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and not only that, he's but, never met the person that he's working for. Like, right, like this, the, right. the, this force just came to him when he, like before he had his apotheosis is the way he says it. So yeah, he's, he's never met the entity that he's working for. Roland's never even heard of him. All that we know about is the man in black. And here he is at the end of this book telling us, <laughs> oh, I'm not the guy. It's this other guy. <laughs> yep, your king's you in another castle. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this you, is this you, is a slightly <laughs> Lovecraftian kind of influence that I like. It's this it's a hint of mystery like oh I you can't even you can't even handle the fact that like you couldn't even handle knowing the things that I know. <laughs> well, let's yeah, it's, let's it's so so beautifully convoluted and the fact that I I don't I don't really know enough about Tarot to make the connection, but the fact that he, this all happens while he's reading, doing a Tarot reading for Roland <laughs> has always just kind of been weirdly beautiful yeah. in my mind ever since the first time I read it. Yeah. It's it just seems very fitting in a bizarre sort of way that I can't totally make sense of. Yeah. Uh, so good. I do I do know a little bit about tarot when we when we get to that so I, I can I can speak to the the two actual cards that he pulls yeah so 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 even that has a has a measure of uh, pageantry and fraud to it uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass over a couple of like details here um, specifically because <laughs> one of my favorite lines um, you know as as uh, uh, Roland is describing so the man of black finally lifts his hood it's just a dude. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it goes, it goes, it goes over his features and, um, it, it just kind of outlines like, oh, he's got black hair and he has like a widow's peak and he's got these, you know, very thick lips and very sharp eyes. His nose is, is nondescript. <laughs> so I'm picturing like that Futurama where like Fry loses his nose because of a, because the aliens take it for out an aphrodisiac. Oh, <laughs> that nose, like straight up Voldemort. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the important thing here, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I really like this this part where he talks about um, having many different faces and choosing his first one, like choosing his original one, as almost if he was doing Roland a favor. And, yeah. like, Roland, like, absolutely does not give a shit about this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, this is not what I came here for. I don't care what faces you have. I don't care that it's this one. I don't care that you look, have a Voldemort nose. By the way, how do I know the word Voldemort? Like, just, <laughs> he, he just does not care. He's like, please just give me my answers. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so you get the sense that the, the, the actual face is extended as a gesture of trust, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be real with you, you know, and just like, I, I don't I don't care. And just because he could be lying about that, too. There's no there's no telling what this is. And Roland's only response is, oh, I thought you'd be older. To which MIB, you know, our, our Agent K here fires back. Well, we're both effectively immortal. So, eh? Yeah, that's a, that's a big old truth bomb drop there. Like, <laughs> well, it, you, it, what? Record scratch. The modifier there is at least for now, which yeah. I think is just a, like, it's almost like a contradiction in terms. Like, you're immortal for like a little while. But yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> 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 that's the shitty sin of the immortal stick. I mean, like, I don't want... Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a quantum immortality, you know? Just, uh, you're both sure, immortal and yeah. not at the same time. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, here's this first encounter. They're meeting each other quite literally face-to-face. -face. And, uh, again, with this pageantry, um the man in black starts a fire by uh casting a magic spell even though he has matches you know just j just to show right like well, not, uh, yeah, not even that he he doesn't even say, it's not that he has matches he just 
he explicitly says, oh, I've got matches. <laughs> I've got matches. <laughs> I just wanted to do it this way because of the scenes. <laughs> when they announced that uh, Matthew McConaughey was going to be playing the man in black, it was uh, this particular scene that I immediately thought of just of, of Matthew McConaughey just being an asshole <laughs> lighting a fire with Man. unnecessary panache just because he could. My, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be perfect. It's going to be so good. They have to keep that scene in my, my relationship with that casting decision has changed so much. They said, Oh, Matthew McConaughey play man in black. Like, Oh, okay. You mean the, all right, all right, all right guy. And I've made the joke several times, even on the show, but then I watched true detective season one and that's dope there as fuck. <laughs> I still haven't even seen that yet. Uh, I just am a genuine unabashed McConaughey fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a McConaugheyian. I, yeah. That seems a bit much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he does that, and then uh, he doesn't just like you know catch a rabbit. It like it, it's it's a little bit of this cool little parallel of what Roland does when he sees the arc of Brown and shoots it. You know, like just shoots a rabbit. You know, from his hip, uh, impressive thing. Well, the man in black he gets a rabbit by <laughs> doing a magician's trick and pulling it out of his sleeve. He just drops it out. <laughs> There's an alternate universe where Joe Bluth is playing the man in black and he's just sets himself on fire during this. Scene, right? <laughs> like that, that has to happen. Well, I guess my quest ends here. <laughs> this dipshit died. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Roland is superstitious and he doesn't want to eat the enchanted meat. Um, and then, uh, so the man in black pulls out his own custom tarot deck, which is not the way that works. He just added the cards to represent what he wanted to say. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I just, I, I think that's so funny. So, 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 so Murph, well, walk us mm. through, well, walk us through these, uh, through, through these cards if you can. So, right. So I'm, so when I said I was an expert, I meant my wife is an expert and she has explained <laughs> it to me. So this is all secondhand expertise. Um, he gets the the two real cards that he pulls are the hanged man and the tower. And uh, so the, he gets the the hanged man one pretty much correctly. And then he says this isn't about death because the, the hanged man is not about like death in the traditional sense. Uh, it's more about um, betrayal or like um, you're like you're trapped in a pattern and you're trying to break it. Yeah. So I don't know if, if that's any way relevant to what's going to happen, but <laughs> uh, your, your fate is not your own. I, I, right. I think is a is is a way to, to to summon that up, right? He's beholden to something else. Correct. Yeah. So that would, if that's true, then that would align with his his tarot card reading. And then I guess the tower that he pulls in the end, uh, that is has just really almost universally just means you're trapped. Mm-hmm. But huh. I think in yeah, the the tower is always um, about imprisonment, yeah. uh, either uh, like physically or spiritually. Yeah, that's uh that's astute <laughs> for, <laughs> for, for 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 a lot of reasons, and 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 there's a the, yeah. the, there, there's a, a, a appalled silence as we as we listen to you hit, hit this. Um, okay, let's. Let, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm failing miserably. <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> r- r- right now, you know, like the the the, the most the, the most on point read with the evidence that we have is that he is he he is a slave to this tower. He's a junkie for it, right? And mm-hmm. you know, his fate and the tower's fate are tied up, and you know, he is a prisoner to always be drawn toward it. Okay, then that's yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if King knew a little bit about tarot and was just like, oh yeah, tower imprisonment. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the the hanged man also kind of calls back to hacks a little bit. Oh yeah, like it's kind of obvious, <laughs> and it, not super relevant to the actual meaning of the card, but you know, yeah. it's a, it's there. It's a good echo, um, especially because like hacks was our first our first exposure to Gilead that was. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm a little bit bummed that I didn't get to, uh, to talk about that part of the book. Cause it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, did, did you have like a, a, a tight, like three sentences on it? it, it you just learn a, a lot about Roland as a character in a very short number of pages. Mm-hmm. It's very dense. Um, with, uh, with Roland detail. Yeah. And there's, there's stuff that doesn't seem significant that really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just uh, as as far as character development goes, and it's I I don't know I, I I like that chapter more every time I read it, being more familiar with the rest of the series. Yeah, this is my third time going through the Gunslinger. Uh, the first way back when I when I first read this, the second when I went through it on um, an audio when the when the show got I was about to say greenlit, which is a weird thing to say. Like the network big <laughs> uh, said, yeah, go go do this yeah. when it got funded. And then the third time, you know, preparing or third, fourth, fifth, preparing for the show um as as it goes. Um and yeah, the gunslinger Wait, is, this is show really... in replacement toward the R zone zone. Is that what happened? Did we trade <laughs> Yeah. This for a better show. Oh, man. This, so the, yeah, this, this is, yeah. It's, it, Our zone got canceled mid-season and we just had to scramble for a replacement. Yeah, well, no, we had to, we had to sacrifice the R zone because it was too beautiful. And uh, oh. like that, that, that is how we opened the door to 2016. <laughs> You're right. We did open up this year with the R zone zone. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, so let's, uh, let's talk about the bullshit uh tarot cards that he puts in um specifically uh this echo of the oracle's um uh prophecy talking about um the uh, the hanged man uh well no the hanged man we already talked about that uh jake is the sailor which is not a tarot card um not at all um that's mm. actually the the next that 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 is the next uh a comic series that's coming out is the sailor so i wonder if we're gonna see jake's story and that um those comics are good y'all um yeah i have not read any of the comics yet i'm uh i'm saving myself as it were yeah but uh we're gonna, i'm i'm very excited we're gonna cover them we talked about it last uh last, last season yep. um it's uh not the I'm, ones i'm that... interested in those comics because the ones that i've read were very very specific covers of the books mm-hmm. like they went through the same material and I, I didn't realize until relatively recently that there was actually new material available in the comics so those, yeah. those are the ones that i'm most interested in the one i read was just a retread of you know roland's history so i was like eh, yeah eh. that's not very good uh but that, that yeah. one in particular um yeah but like the like the new material you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a little much on the cosmology stuff but like it's still worth looking at um yeah you know who, who knows how canonical it is at the very least um so yeah we have uh we have jake as the sailor we have the prisoner again being presented as uh this person with a literal monkey on his back um which is kind of on the nose um a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, especially because okay. in the last chapter like they literally capitalized the word in all caps heroin yep. like right <laughs> like, <laughs> just in case you need a reminder again <laughs> uh then we have the lady of shadows which is again just kind of not 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 a thing she's sitting in a spinning wheel um and there's a line in here she broke the blue plate which is such a non sequitur uh here and also where it's presented later um <laughs> 
I, I do like this line though because uh, Roland asks like, "What is that?" Of all of the things to ask about, he's worried about the blue plate, and then <laughs> and then the man in black's response is, "I don't know," <laughs> which is just great. I love that. Yep. I'm like I don't I don't know what it means, man. man. I'm just I'm just pulling the cards. Do you know how much coke I was on I mean, when I wrote uh, that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 for special. Yeah, it's a for special. It is. It is for special. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. If, um, if I can, if I can bring us back to the 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 sailor and the the tarot. Yes. That, that kind of sail, sounds a little bit like the full like the full tarot card. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is if I in the traditional reading, um, is actually about the hero, yeah. which I, I like. That's always my favorite. Like kind of like oh, this is what it actually means. Yeah. Like um, your traditional fantasy protagonist is always the fool because that's what like the interpretation is Mm -hmm. in, in like tarot is like, Oh, you're about to go, you're about to be, be like a hero for something. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to, uh, kind of bumble through a little bit and affect a lot of change. Most of which is beyond what you otherwise would be expected to do. Right. But you've got good intentions, blah, blah, blah. And then I guess that follows Jake question mark. He said, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but, uh, silence on the other end <laughs> it, yeah, okay. yeah it's um well we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about that after book two um yeah. but uh you know jake is definitely a uh, a heroic figure and to see him pop up again here um with, with with no other context that could be considered to be a uh a little bit of a hint of what is meant by their other worlds than these you know the fact mm-hmm. that he is, you know that that he still plays into the gunslinger's fate in the uh, in, in kind of the same breath as the prisoner in the Lady of Shadows, is a is is a good thing. Yeah, um, and then there's also death, not a card. Death, but not for you. That's a bit of a little bit of a famous line. And then life, but not for you, as the tower uh, covers and consumes him. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that line. That was a real cool. Like, huh. oh, this is a riddle. <laughs> and you're not at the center of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, life and death, the most important things. Like, you know, like, none of this applies to you. Yeah. Um, but then we get to uh, some of the pretty cool stuff. We get that uh, detail that uh, the man in black um, is not who Roland seeks. He's just the emissary. And then Roland's like, all right, well. Uh, I'll look for the other guy and then leaps at him says if I if I can't use my guns I'll use my hands and the yeah, disc- <laughs> the great, disc- great action hero line yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and the man of black thwarts this with the most amazing kind of illusion like it describes I I should have actually gotten the actual quote uh, they, they, that is pulled, but like he escaped as though down a long corridor and then drew Roland with him and then presents Roland with this vision which is which is part of what we're talking about here and this is kind of the most overt lovecraftian thing which is the man in black counters uh the gunslinger's attack counters roland's attack um physically um with a, a kind of a knowledge attack showing him something literally cosmic in order to kind of like threaten and push his mind to the edge and show him the forces that he's kind of messing with. Right. Yeah. It, it, this is, I've so far, like I've, I've like everything so far in this chapter so far, mm-hmm. this, <laughs> like this is very, very cool. Um, 
<laughs> very quick what is happening here uh there's a whole let there be light motif as roland is floating in the void and the man in black kind of creates the world around him with words and then just kind of sends him falling upward out past the solar system and into this gigantic light um that roland can just barely look at um and is kind of like an agony saying oh let me out of this i want you know but you know okay give up the tower and i'll let you out no no um until he you know ultimately breaks out of it yeah this is this is some weird ex-catholic biblical shit going on for me <laughs> because we've got a kind of the reversal of the the creation story where let there be light is a very positive life-affirming uh phrase that is spoken mm-hmm. um you know by god to create light and here it is being used by the man in black to like literally hurt yeah. uh roland it, it's like, oh, it's being profaned like in a like in yes. a very like definitional way and yeah i mean like the i mean going back a little like golgotha is like closely tied to the crucifixion of jesus yeah isaac well in the story of isaac you know, they, Isaac doesn't get sacrificed. <laughs> right. Like it, it, what was important was he got right up to the edge and showed that he would have Abraham right. specifically. Yeah. So like we've got, we've got, we, Hey, we've got three inversions right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rule three. <laughs> oh, yeah. rule of three. There we go. Uh, that, 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 is, that is an important number for now. Uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoy that like the man in black does this whole <clears throat> let there be light let there be water let there be land then we see dinosaurs for some reason like there's the <laughs> whole like everything is kind of compressing this thing and it it's obviously a vision but it's it's a vision that i think really plays into the man in black's character of i can show you things i can't actually do any of this yeah. and i find that like really interesting especially where we are right now and then there's a there's a moment where right before Right after the, the man in black sends Roland falling up into the solar system, Roland sees the curvature of the earth and is like, oh, I guess I guess my teacher was right. It's really curved. Interesting. <laughs> like throughout all of this mind boggling stuff, he's finally gotten to the man he's been chasing for literally years. And he's like, huh. Huh, I would have won that. He was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was right. Um, the, the the other thing here, this is a little bit of a uh, what is that attack that Sephiroth uses at the end of Final Fantasy VII, like the cosmic oh, gun or whatever, where it's it's a three minute long uh, uh, summon where he sh- sends meteor through the entire solar system. So I guess like where that world, like where Final Fantasy VII takes place, has like Jupiter and Saturn and shit. Uh, because we saw all of those destroyed as I took 9,999 damage. Uh, non-glibly, what we're seeing here is our solar system is what he's being dragged up and through. You know, so take that for what you will. It is it is, it is a detail that, again, starts to fix where this takes place in the in the cosmos, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? I, I'm being greedy with no, no, I think I'm in agreement, yeah. I think this, yeah, this confirms that, hey, I mean, we've, we've, we're kind of confirmed we're on Earth already, but, like, this is Earth where Earth should be. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's confirming the suspicion, right? And so we're, <laughs> we're brought back, and this was just a dream, like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> our, our, our friend the man in black just kind of like put him to sleep and says oh i don't want to be near you talk in your sleep and then says oh you know your dad would have come back drooling from that you're doing okay <laughs> like you know so okay uh this guy knew my dad huh that's weird um and then we get into 
um, this idea of showing the universe, uh, showing the man in black as this, you know, boorish cad burping and throwing bones into the fire. Um, and basically saying like, yeah, I came to your mom as Martin and you know, I, I have been serving the King's red hand all along. So again, connecting these two characters, they are one and the same. Hey Murph, was, was this a surprise to you as a new reader? Because reading, rereading this, like I don't, I can't separate having known this for basically all of my life, but rereading yeah, um... it, I, I just sort of assumed that this was the case. <laughs> like, I, I'm curious <laughs> if that worked as a like actual twist for you or not. I, I think I would, I was surprised. I just didn't care. Like, okay. like, I mean, like I didn't, I didn't put it together, but I also was like, my mind was not blown. <laughs> like, I, I, I like, yeah. So I, I want to tell you yes, but I, I didn't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm to me, like, I hate, I, like for people seem to really like the flashbacks and they're just not really working for me. Mm. So I don't know. Like I'm not into magical kid academy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you get hit with sticks. <laughs> yeah. Ma- magical kid stick academy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I maybe yeah, I don't know. It might be no. So I didn't I didn't really put it together, but I wasn't really yeah. wasn't really trying either. Yeah. Man, I couldn't I can't get enough of the like once you tell me that a civilization has fallen, I very, very much want to see like how it was before. And that's why like all that flashback stuff, especially when in the previous chapter or maybe it was two chapters ago where uh, Roland can't help himself, but like blabbering to Jake about Gilead and all these things. It's like that, <laughs> that stuff is just my bread and butter. I love it. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that, that difference. I wonder if that's just because I'm so charmed with, I was so charmed yeah, I, with it as a child. I'm, <clears throat> I'm really trying to have, I'm getting in trouble with this because I really do like magical kid Academy. Like uh, Name of the Wind is, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. is one of my favorite books, and that's that's just like Magic Kid Academy, but also <laughs> on the best. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Like it's 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 weird that it is not working for me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, don't want to. I don't want to presume that my journey through this is going to be the same as yours, or that yours would will will be the same as mine has been. I initially was put off by the flashbacks. I felt like they a little bit broke the pacing of things. I was very concerned with what was happening in the present in this world because King did a very good job of setting up the stakes for this. Um, what I will say is that stuff has, uh, my appreciation for it has grown over time and maybe it just takes going through and seeing where it fits in later, you know, in the whole picture to appreciate what's being done with that. And that might have hit it right on the head because there's, there seems to be a lot of interesting stuff happening in the present Mm-hmm. I, I let's let's get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 fireworks factory is is there. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So now we get into the discussion of scale, and there's a little bit of a history lesson talking about these old ones and their cabals, their companies. This North Central Positronics, again, a proper noun that is added in later on. We've seen that name not just mm-hmm. on the talking hand car. Uh, that we saw last chapter, but on the uh, the water pump that is powered by the atomic slug, this you know high tech company um, who, along with the rest of the old ones, conquered cancer and aging and walked on the moon, which Roland just takes exception to. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. so good. <laughs> and then we get into this treatise that uh, that King is writing through 
through the man in black saying new knowledge doesn't bring answers it just brings more question questions and this gets into that donald sutherland moment of talking about the the world being contained in a blade of grass like i i everything like i really like the idea of like <laughs> oh this is knowledge isn't is the different from insight mm-hmm. which you know like the whole shoulders of giants that sort of thing yeah I've written um, I've written too many scripts in my day job talking about uh, cloud computing um, to actually have like but when I read this before I thought oh wow that's incredibly incredibly profound and then it became the basis of every single story that I wrote for these companies <laughs> in my day job. <laughs> Look, you have knowledge, but what you really need is insight. <laughs> the amount what of if data your data was only a blade of grass in another person's data form. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of data that you're <laughs> that you're gathering changes every single day it grows and grows and there's so much that you can't even manage it what if there was one tower where all of it would converge north central positronics presents the new beams that's right (laughs) (laughs) did any of you guys download the north central positronics uh smartphone app no what is that (laughs) it uh it was a cool idea that they released to promote the announcement of the movie, and uh, it it didn't ever really work for me. Like I, I tried it out, but but basically you download it and it it looks like it's just like just just an an app released by a tech company. Like hey, we're we're a company. Check out this thing that we're giving you. <laughs> and and the the idea behind it, and I was really excited, and I was really bummed that I I couldn't get it to work anywhere, is that like it uses your phone's GPS. And certain geographical locations, um, you you look through your phone and it, it's the camera so you see the world, uh, but then it'll put like ley lines and stuff <laughs> over the real world depending mm-hmm. on where you are. Yeah. And it, it was like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a total sucker for the idea of augmented reality even though the reality of augmented reality is usually disappointing mm-hmm. at this point anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, send your Pokemon in Pokemon Go. <laughs> I was gonna say I played Pokemon Go for all of a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. This is a, so, so the app is called Sombra Group. Um, That's what it was. Yeah, the, Sombra Group. Yeah, not related to the uh, <laughs> not related to the Overwatch character. Uh, but yeah, like North North Central Positronics uh, being reimagined as an app developer or a Silicon Valley thing is so appropriate. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll put that in the notes. I wonder if that's still active. I'm very, very it curious to see be. if that I, still works. Um, I want to see it. It's available on iOS. It. I'm getting it now. <laughs> I might try it out again. Yep. It might have been uh, an issue with my old phone that it didn't work, but uh, okay. the idea was super cool. Nice. Yeah, I'll put the I'll put links to both the uh, the iOS and Android version in the uh, in the notes here uh, for people to look. Thank you again for being uh, for 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 bringing that to my attention. Uh, it's all of our attentions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about these, uh, the, you know, the, the, this company that, that, that brought all, that brought all of this about, but kind of only, only sowing the seeds of their own destruction. Right. So this is, this is a, a, a great, uh, it's a, it's a very good kind of presentation of this Lovecraftian idea, which is the great old ones. were not just these, or, or were not these aliens who came here, you know, and, existed beyond scale they were just it's just our society you know sufficiently advanced Mm -hmm. to have technology become magic and then have all of that wash away 
um, and then you know talks about what their what their final goal was, which was to once they understood everything, to try and understand size, to try and you know look both you know small and large to see what the extent of the universe was. Size encompasses life. The tower encompasses size, and they ultimately found it. You know. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Not- yeah, like I, I like the his. Me and Mark were both playing with this app is what happened. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was just trying to think. I was remembering him talking about oh, what happens when you get to the edge of the universe. Yeah, and there it's, there's not just sign? like a sign yeah. and a, mm-hmm. a a brick wall or whatever. Yeah, uh, that that's a a great kind of uh, yeah. What happens if you do like that's so the whole like what if we're just an atom thing? Really, I'm not into. But like I, I've been awed by size before. Yeah. Uh, and like I that that resonates with me and like the concept of, oh, well, what is this thing doesn't have an end? Like, that's really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Just like like thinking about, oh, man, you know, like with our conventional speeds, if we like if we ever wanted to just get from like one star to the other star, we would like literally be there forever. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. It's just like what happens when you get to the end of it? What if there's a door? You know, like, what if you're not going towards the edge, but what if you're going towards the center of everything? You know, when you reach that center and you climb, you know, will there be a room at the top? Will there be God? And there's there's this kind of like back and forth between between the two of them where there are things that neither of them will will speak about. They're kind of outraged by the, you know, by, by the idea of these things being introduced to conversation. So. Uh, the, you know, so Roland's like, Hey, you know, don't talk about what's at the top of the tower. I'm going to go and find it. And before this is, is a, is a plot detail that I, that, that, that I completely forgot to hit, which is after the man of black, after Walter showed him this vision, right? He, <laughs> he asked like, Hey, so what was at the end of that? And yeah. I was like, gonna, I, I was gonna bring that up before we got too far away, but then, uh, yeah. We got too far away from it, so I'm glad that you're bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the, the, there there is stuff that they that, that they either won't or can't talk to each other about, and this is one. The Men of Black had the power to show Roland this thing that almost broke his mind, but did not actually know what it was. He, he showed it, but he didn't create it, and it's something that he doesn't have any uh, insight into. Um. And this reveals him to be a massive phony. It sounds like he had something to say about that, Evan. So, like, like it's just one of my favorite. Uh, I guess reveal is almost too strong a word, but but I I love them just playing into the the idea of the man in black as just the ultimate con man, which is kind of played out in every appearance that he makes in all of King's books, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Roland calls him out on it and I can't think of any other character who calls him out on being a fake and uh, <laughs> and it's um, you don't know he said and began to smile oh great sorcerer who brings the dead to life you don't know you're a fake I know the man in black said but I don't know what <laughs> and then Roland Roland okay. has Roland tells him what he sees at the end of the vision and the man in black asks, like, to confirm, like, are you sure that's what you saw? <laughs> and then just kind of moves on from it. And it's just such a weird, 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 weird dynamic between the two of them that I really, really love. 
Yeah. It's um it's the biggest victory that Roland has over him. He saw something that the man in black, this seer, this sorcerer could not see, you know, <laughs> and is provided there. What 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 Roland saw, you know, in in that light in this, you know, huge uh kind of vision of almost good was this single blade of grass, but it was purple. And that's all we can say about that for now. Cole, you mentioned that wasn't in the original book, or that was that was an add in later. I don't know the purple uh, if the if the purple idea was still there. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I, yeah. I thought uh, I remembered. No, okay. So, so, so the blade of grass, the purple blade of grass, was still there. There was some. There was some element later on. Um, I, I forget what I was referring to okay. specifically. Okay, cool. Because I was like, I thought I remembered the purple blade of grass. Because I just remember thinking like purple grass and again like young teenage jeremy right like wow that's so weird <laughs> so alien <laughs> wait a minute so you're saying this world is like ours but the grass is purple oh man <laughs> i've only seen that in my toe jam and earl games hey man what if like what if what i see is green but what you really yeah. see is <laughs> sorry no it's fine it's <laughs> it's fine uh, good no, I'm I'm trying to come up with the. There was a really neat uh, kind of ex, uh, kind of exchange in here, and I'm trying to find it in my in my Kindle. Uh, it's where he says, uh, and, and he's talking about who's who's been up the tower. I think, and I think the the man in black says, "Well, no one has." And then Roland like corrects him and says, "Well, God has, because you just said there's <laughs> gods up there." Yeah, yeah I uh, I was actually going to bring that up too. Yeah, because uh, it it kind of actually follows really well with. Uh, the last scene that we just talked about a while back, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's talking about the room and, you know, if there was a room at the top of the tower, all, all the, all the worlds, all the universes met in a single nexus. Uh, would you dare climb to the top gunslinger? Could it be that somewhere above all of endless reality, there's a room you dare not. And then that's kind of the, the break in the chapter. And then the first line of the next section of the chapter is someone has dared. Which is, you know, <laughs> just so overboard dramatic and great, and I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. and I then, also yeah, like, like that next line from Roland where he, he says, well, somebody has dared it could be God or the king. And then he kind of thinks, and he's like, oh, wait, the room's not empty, right? <laughs> like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, exactly. an empty room. <laughs> and something about King's writing here, like, you can almost hear the trepidation in Roland's voice of, like, uh, like, just a little <laughs> bit of lack of faith in, in what yeah. he's actually chasing, although the, he never loses the determination that he should yeah. be chasing it. <laughs> oh, see, I never I never got it as lack of faith in what he's chasing. I, uh, I always got that he was just kind of, like, putting the man in black on blast again. yeah like you know someone has dared god or the king that you spoke of or i mean or 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 is it empty Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then uh and then the response is i don't know uh and fear passed over the man in black's bland face (laughs) which is a very interesting reaction and i don't think the one that roland expected yeah he's pressing him for details uh which roland wants but the man in black either does not have or cannot say. See, I, I interpreted that as a, and maybe I'm just completely off here as a crisis of faith. He just, he just says a little mini cause he says like, Oh yeah, I've never, I've never seen this red King. I don't, you know, I've never, <laughs> I've only been doing it because some voice in my head told me to do it. And then, you know, uh, it must be true because I've got this power, but then just maybe for like a moment, he's like, Oh shit, maybe, 
What if I'm, what if I'm, what if I'm wrong? Yeah. What have I given my life to? <laughs> oh or, God, what have I done? <laughs> or, or, or even more like, Oh, what, 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 what if there is not this power that, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that is waiting for me at the end of this, or, you know, that, that will come to me through this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, hmm. that's a, that's a very kind of weird moment that I've had uh in my own kind of spiritual journey of like if become you know being raised you know, god coming up again catholicism <laughs> uh yeah, what if what if i'm wrong mm -hmm. uh and then you're like oh oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god wait oh yeah. what uh, uh, oh no! Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't even know who to owe. <laughs> yeah, who do I, I exclaim I, now? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't mean to make light of. I need a name of... to take in no, vain. No, like, no. <laughs> yeah. I need a it's name a... to take in. <laughs> uh. It's it's a very it's a very uh, humanizing moment for this uh, inhuman figure. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So let's talk about this king and let's talk about kind of when they get down to these brass tacks, like, you know, so, so he lives on a hill. Uh, he <laughs> likes propane. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, I, I love this line of this idea, you know, like we're not going to talk as friends. We're going to talk as equal because friends will lie because they care for each other. We're going to tell the truth because we don't care. <laughs> like, you can know, I, can I read that line? Because it was the only one that I no noted when yes, I was reading this chapter and I, and I absolutely love it. It's, um, Friends and lovers lie endlessly caught in the web of regard, which is <laughs> just a great turn of phrase, like caught in the web of regard. Like it's it's something that you can definitely like it, it, it speaks to me of like, you know, you have these members of your family or they like whoever you, or your friends that you respect that you don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. They're going to put all of that aside and speak to one another as equals now. Like this is a professional engagement. Like we <laughs> have to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it, it is. It, it is very well put, and it describes. It, it's almost. It's almost the men in black like like falling to Roland's level of business, right? Or or, or falling to like 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 the amount of like the, the amount of directness that Roland expects out of this exchange, right? And there's a there's a detail here, um, saying like, hey, this whole night is going. It, like this night will last as long as we need it to. You know, my king has has enchanted this, and you know it, it will go on forever. Is it, you know if, if if it if it absolutely has to. Is this when the the tobacco falls out of his cloak? <laughs> that's a <laughs> that, that, that's a little bit later, but we can talk about it. It's it, okay. it's 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 around this point where you know so Roland has refused the food, right? Like he has opted to eat the salty salty jerky with his yeah. oh. mouth that is so so riddled with sores. Uh, because he is he is afraid of the enchanted meat, but he cannot turn away the tobacco. And this tobacco this... is, you know, it does something to him. It focuses his his attentions, but also kind of like puts him in a haze. And then, like it, we, he wakes up the next morning and doesn't remember any of it, <laughs> which further just is like, hey man, do you ever really look at your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some wacky tobacco to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been forever since he's, since he's had actual stuff. He's been he's been pulling crumbs out of the bottom of, of his poke sack for you know for decades now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> give, give, give give him a little bit of uh, a little bit of license to uh, to enjoy that dank dank backy. Um, <laughs> so, um, but they're uh, but but they're talking about this. So the king enchanted the knight, um, and uh, you know the man in black talks about this. Um, ageless stranger that he's going to have to face that Roland will have to face, you know, this, uh, its name is Legion, uh, changed from, and the initial 
uh, drawing of this, um, or the initial draft, rather, uh, Marilyn, or Merlin, who we've kind of mm. referenced before, uh, making it someone else, and basically saying, like, hey, someone is taking you seriously. Like, this is not going to be easy, specifically because you have proven yourself so competent in moving and and moving against our forces. So that's a those are that's a weird change because what Merlin ages backwards and Legion is the another biblical reference to just like a bunch of demons. So <laughs> hmm. yeah, it's um it it's definitely fraught. There's a there, there's a little bit of a push and pull around who 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 Marilyn ought to be and what role he plays, it gets a little bit um, kind of fan service <laughs> in the mm-hmm. comics. Um, and also, uh, oh, it's, it's, sorry, it's, go ahead. are you saying Maryland or Merlin? Uh, it's 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 spelled uh, Maryland, M-A-E-R-L-Y-N. That may be pronounced the same way, but I just it is. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying it the way that I the way that I read it in my head. Gotcha. OK, yeah. sorry, I was. Okay, I was confused. It's cool. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, saying like, oh, you're gonna have to face this face this person as as it goes, um, kind of building up this the, the this large conflict with this stranger who darkles and tinks and is in all times, but there is one greater than he is what uh, is is what the man of black says before stopping because he is terrified of saying anymore. Is this the first reference we get to end world? Because I think we've, we've heard of mid world a couple of times. Um, if, yes. I, if I remember correctly, but this is the first time where we, and obviously mid world implies an end world, but there's something so frightening about end world. Like <laughs> even way, way before we're going to know anything about it, except that like he's over there, like even to speak of things in in world is to speak of the ruination of one's own soul. Like mm-hmm. you don't even look at it. You don't talk about it. We don't mention it at Christmas dinner. You don't <laughs> talk about end world. And it's, it's just something that's like, like it, it, I just remember reading this at, and thinking like, Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's a little bit of change in here as well, because they used to speak of the beasts in end world that, uh, that, that, that rest there. So we've, we've heard of end world. That is where new canon and, uh, uh, Gilead rest, uh, mid world is, you know, where we're at the edge of when we reach the end of this, when we're kind of in the West, which doesn't make a whole great lot of sense, but you know, again, timey, wimey, spacey, wazy, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 world, uh, will, will follow, but yes, it is, it is setting up. It's building this anticipation more than anything else. Right. Building anticipation with regard to end world is kind of an interesting thing to do here when he's, as you mentioned, kind of on the precipice of getting into mid world. Like there, and and the man in black even says, you know, it's not in your nature to plan or to look that far ahead or something along those lines. Mm. But here we are, we're looking that far ahead and Roland's looking that far ahead. And the entire thing is about looking that far ahead (laughs) while also kind of doggedly plowing through whatever's right in front of you. Like that's that's Roland's whole deal, mm-hmm. and, and so it's it's a very interesting place to start talking about End World when we're just getting into Midworld. It's it, it's kind of crazy because it seems like Walter's goal is to get Roland to is to scare Roland into saying, you know what, nope, it's way too big, way, way too much. I'm just going to go northeast and you know going to hire myself as a gun, maybe find another another ward to, to take in as a surrogate son, like. There has they has they have to know that like none of this is gonna scare him off. Like okay, well any of those things I might die die to, but I'm gonna try not to. I guess it, it is weird that he's he does seem to be trying to dissuade him. while like very much like no, hey hey dog, it's 
it's almost reverse psychology except <laughs> he's it's i don't i don't know exactly what's going on which makes me think oh he's just performing a trick yeah and this to me almost seems like a hail mary on the man in black's part because he's kind of been involved in Roland's life for all of his life in various right. capacities and nothing has dissuaded him from going after the tower and he realizes that Roland is a legitimate threat and is someone who should be taken seriously. Yeah. And so here he is just like the last time that they're going to be able to have a conversation and the last chance that he has to like get Roland to give up this quest of his own volition. So he's just throwing everything he's got and hoping something sticks. Yeah. And and the man in black is playing a long, long game with Roland. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't think yeah, that's, that's that's maybe an understatement. Even. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't think that's you know too 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 much of a spoiler spoiler to say. But like everything we've seen, is, you know, paints the man in black as this manipulator. Um, you know, this Scott Adams type. Um, and he will you know continue doing this right. Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was <laughs> no, no, I was I was making fun of that piece of shit for being a master persuader. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. I didn't realize he was into like I. I just know him as like the piece of shit, like weird guy. On, yeah, like yeah, yeah the, the, the the misogynist, no, he's just the, the master hypnotist, manipulator guy. Yeah, no, it's a, oh okay. Yeah, I didn't know he was into hypnotism. So oh, that, yeah, but that no, makes it's, sense. It's, it's, how much of a piece is of shit he really? That guy is. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Like the. the that is a joke for like four people who participate in the Duckfeed Slack. <laughs> no, no. <God>. Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't no, have done that. It's, it's, it's no, no, good. you're good. I just, yeah, I just, I didn't know he was into hypnotism. So that, yeah. that makes me even dislike him even further. So, <laughs> oh, well boy. Done. He also invented something called the Del Burrito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That is it way. Good. It was soylent, but in a burrito form. Yep. That is that is way off topic and 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 not pertinent to anything aside from you know <laughs> what if we are all we're talking about evil pieces on a plate of grass. But around this time, um, <laughs> we kind of get to this point where the man in black doesn't want to speak anymore. Like to even to even say anything else. Like it, it brings in this kind of terrified you know, mortal superstition that we haven't seen. We haven't seen that stripe of this in, in, in him so far. There's been mild hesitance um, up to this point. There has been there, you know, there, there's been like, Hey, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. You know, like he's, he's been trying to trying to cloak it, but like, at, like right now I was like, no, I just, I, I cannot speak his name. I cannot, I cannot go any further because that might draw his eye. Yeah, we've got a real, um, Going back to Has or Lovecraft, this is a real like Haster King in Yellow yeah. kind of thing mm -hmm. going on, mm -hmm. which I, I like. Like the King of Yellow is a real, real good um, kind of recently overused, but not traditionally overused. Not mm -hmm. like a Cthulhu, uh, yeah. uh, HP Lovecraft character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey Murph, you really mm -hmm. need to watch that True Detective show. Yeah, that, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. I've, it's been spoiled for me. Okay, yeah, oh, okay, uh, but okay, but even cool. still, like it was kind of spoiled for me, and it would like the the presentation is so masterful that like it doesn't matter what you know. Right, that's what I, I hear. It's not it's not yeah. about the spoiling. It's yeah. about uh, yeah. Vince Vaughn or something, right? Uh, no, that's season two. They start like a house, and there's like frat parties every night. Or uh, yeah, I haven't. I, I think about old school. Yeah, that's old school. Yeah, old school. Yeah, Will Ferrell stops being the the handsome boyfriend. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> and starts being the handsomest boyfriend. Hey, Murph, do you want to do you want to start a parallel podcast that just examines uh, True Detective and its links to old school the film? <laughs> um, oh, we can oh. we can air it every other week uh, when. Uh, well, no, those Dame Ross kids is is on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll start our own network. We'll start our own network. We'll we'll put this duck feed garbage out of business. That's right. <laughs> oh no, this will be our undoing. <laughs> school detective, here we come. Yeah, school detective. <laughs> oh god, that sounds like an anime. <sighs> no, we need is. a couple more adjectives. <laughs> as as the resident anime. <laughs> the resident anime i realize i've never seen you in person <laughs> you might that's fine you might There's be a reason a, i didn't come to austin <laughs> you might be a japanese drawing there's a there's a little bit of kind of next steps here uh oh god i'm talking like a project manager uh, where where the man of black says like hey you know court gave you some terrible information or gave you terrible advice because hey martin went west and guess what walter came to take his place we are one and the same <laughs> walter odim is the true name of martin that was and so that, that just to to uh, circle that square a couple episodes back we talked about how confusing it was that uh it was uh, revealed that uh that Walter devoured Martin's soul. Well, they were just the same soul to begin with anyway. So I, I, I kind of felt like this was, um, you know, this is a man in black. That was another face of his. And we, yeah. from the beginning of this palaver, like we, we hear that he puts on multiple faces and I don't think it's just as simple as putting on faces. I think he puts on, if not personalities, then personas maybe then yeah. that, and you know, and that was just once Martin quote unquote died, that was when Walter devoured martin's soul basically yeah. like that was him you know that i'm not going to use that persona or personality anymore or what have you yeah uh, which i think is, is a neat thing I, I, I like that whole i like that whole thing so. yeah martin martin had served his purpose yeah that's, exactly that's kind of how i've always interpreted it too i definitely agree with that yeah it's just, it's just one of those things it's so hard to tell what to take literally and figuratively <laughs> especially when it talks <laughs> when it comes to like the like the spiritual and like cosmological nature of uh, of mm. this world you know so. I do like this bit about Roland's mind a lot and how there's there's never been one quite like it in <laughs> the history of the world. And it's it's just a it's just another way of making like Roland the chosen one in a way, but also like the It's not good the, things I, that make him the chosen one. It really isn't. Yeah, I think that's why I like it, right? Like he, your mind is real weird, dog. Like I don't know what's going on, but like you're it's definitely it. the guy. Slow. Anybody I mean, can do it. Let's let's bring it back to Rick and Morty. Like Morty <laughs> Morty is special because <laughs> <laughs> specifically because he's so dumb but yeah. uh, not, not dumb you know like he's 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 quick uh and, 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 and he's quick to everything except insight he's he's slow prodding and tenacious right like you know he <laughs> you get the sense that he is like jason almost you know N not your not your friend from the design yeah. department but just like jason from the the movies you know See, I was thinking yeah. Foxtrot. I thought we were going back to Dilbert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize the Foxtrot characters had names. <laughs> Glasses Man 3. Um, <laughs> man, there's been so much comic talk. Weird. Oh, <laughs> but, um, you know, this is where we get to the, 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 the tobacco. And again, just kind of saying what's going to come next. So this is what Roland paid 
Jake's life for. This is what Roland gave gave up Jake for was to learn the next step, the you know, to to, to get the information about where he needs to go and what he needs to do. He needs to go to the beach and the drawing will begin. And this is not a power that anybody gave him. It's simply it just has to happen. You know, like like nobody wants you to be able to do anything because you're really inconvenient. But, you know, water must run downhill and you must be told you will draw three. I understand. I don't really care. And I don't really want to know. But like, it's so transactional at this point. Mm. And then they, they, they talk for like 10 years. <laughs> yep. Is there anything more we want to say? Like literally ten years. Yeah, yeah. like that's. <laughs> or this entire thing has taken ten years as they as they go through it because, like, you know, Walter basically says, "And uh, oh, my time's up." <laughs> so uh, let there be light, and he escapes in a flash of light, and Roland wakes up, and he is ten years older. Which that was the part that hooked me was like, "Well, wait a minute, what's going on here?" Like we see the entire world, and this knowledge either took. 10 years to convey or it took that much out of Roland to, <laughs> to kind of, you know, hmm. you know, like, a, like of his life force or whatever to, you know, to, like to, to, to come to terms with that. What do you think is worse? Like, what would you rather, would you rather have 10 years sucked out of you or would you rather be caught in a, like a night that lasts 10 years? Um, I don't know. It depends. Is everybody else? It's Is my just... iPhone battery still going down during the 10 years? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it physics apply. I don't know what Shit. that means, uh, but <laughs> I guess, I guess age in 10 years and I'm, I'm basically doing that anyway. I'm after I'm older than 35. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing that to myself with alcohol anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, it sounded like you were going to cut in with something. Yeah. Another, when I was like, 14 or 15 or however old I was the first time I read the gunslinger, uh, the way that my dorky teenage brain interpreted it was that, uh, be because the, the King had kept the night going the whole time that they were talking, mm -hmm. it like put them in some sort of a temporal pocket. Yeah. So 10 years passed, but they were kind of in stasis, but in order to keep the night going long enough for them to have that conversation and everything, time passed at an accelerated rate and then the bubble popped and everything caught up all at once. Yeah. Mm. Cause when I was 15, I thought way too much about this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's funny because in terms of the point of reference that we have, Roland is all that matters, you know, like, like he is the only person who witnessed all of this, at least as far as we know, we've looked at it there, you know, but both players are effectively immortal. And right now, the man in black wants us to believe that he has died. Roland isn't really buying it. And that's a detail that is, that is added, but Roland wakes up next to a skeleton 10 years older. And there's, yeah. there, there's nothing else. <laughs> I love the half-hearted fright that you expressed with that. It's so spooky. He doesn't age in reference to anything else. Like he doesn't walk back through tall and find that there are, you know, like, like new people have taken residence in the buildings that were there. You know, like it—it it right. is just you know there the, the there is there is a price that is paid not just in another person but like in Roland's perceived longevity and vitality that that that, that kind of came through this right. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Until we all have big thoughts ten years about is that. a weird is a weird time because every like numbers have always been significant and ten is never one of them. <laughs> right, ten is ten is really boring. I, I ten, am 
I am 100% surprised that this wasn't updated to say 19 years or 19 months or I don't know, like 19, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm really yeah. surprised that he stuck with the 10 years, even though it's a nice round number and it probably works with how old Roland is and how old King wanted him to be yeah. going into the drawing of the three yeah. and what happens pretty quick after that. Yeah. And just Roland's age is so inconsistent. <laughs> I mean, like not, not just, not just the, the amount of, the amount of objective time since he's been born, but just mm-hmm. like his apparent age as he is, as he is presented, like he just like Roland just kind of ages with King. It's <laughs> a funny, I, I didn't think about that, but you're, you're absolutely right because the, the next book doesn't come out for quite a while. And he's like, he seems you're absolutely, I've never thought about that. Cole. That's a really good point. Yeah. Cause by the time you get to the seventh book, Roland's old as fuck. Yep. <laughs> it's like a, a really disappointing version of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the, the, like the, the world's worst along mirror with the author, uh, not the readers. painting of Dorian Gray, right? <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to lose what Evan said. The character ages with the author, not the readers. Is what Evan said. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Man, oh man! Just the the worst literary convention that I'm really glad has not caught on. <laughs> uh, pretty good. <laughs> so, now I'm just thinking about if Harry Potter had aged along with J.K. Rowling instead of her target readers. But she, I mean, but like she, so the the books covered seven years, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were written over over what thirteen? That's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it'd be weird for them to be in high school for that long, but oh, I, th- I thought we were talking about no, okay. But I flipped it. Oh thought, yeah, yeah. I was talking about the, the tower. I was like, what? That doesn't seem <laughs> no, okay. No, <laughs> no, no. I just I, I, what, what I'm saying is Rowling was on top of her shit, whereas you know Stephen King got distracted. Yeah, right. I, I'm saying, what if the Harry Potter books had started with Harry Potter? being a 33-year-old woman. <laughs> okay, there we go. Look, if you want that fan fiction, I can provide you that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm dead serious. There's actually some pretty good Harry... You know what? I'm not... Can we take that out? I don't want to admit that. <laughs> nope, it's Dan and Jeremy. I'm so sorry. We used up all of our heads. Oh, Damn man. <laughs> uh, I, I just I love the idea that I walk into these with a, with a fixed number of edits. Um, I should use that as violence towards... <laughs> Well, I guess I just did. Um, no. So, so, so this... I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and register Jeremy Greer HP fanfic dot info just for anybody who cares. <laughs> Man, that, that, why is that dot info uh, TLD so cheap? It really I have ought to no be more idea, but I more. love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, is is Cole murder? Is Cole Ross murders people? That that info is still available. Um, was that you who did that i forget oh yeah that was definitely oh me. that was you okay yeah okay the the, 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 <laughs> the the meme where i am a i'm a murderer that came out of duck stream yeah uh <laughs> Col ross murder files dot info it redirects to hex crank yep <laughs> oh man that's um, real good so so this book ends c- kind of literally with roland walking into the sunset you know proceeding to the you know to the beach right you know to like to the very very edge of the world that he knew is not just in the west he is as far west as he can go and he you know speaking to nobody with a man in black's apparent jawbone in his back pocket says you know i loved you jake like he you know offers that small amount of penance that that admission right it's not something he would say to him but it's still you know something he admits 
and then just sits and waits for the time of the drawing. We got we got a little off topic for a little bit there. Did we get to the part where the or is this it has to be before this where the man in black tells Roland like he has to do this? Like I I can't stop from telling you for, and get to giving you this power. Oh yeah, I, yeah. We 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 mentioned that a little bit talking about how it's a force of nature, right? Like it's it's okay. not something that anybody gives him because Roland says like, oh, you know, like does your king you know think so much of me that he would let me do this? And like, well, no, we're just this is just something that you do. You know. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted because that's that's one of my that I really like that idea that like he just has it. He just gets it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't want to give it to you, but you, you're going to get yeah. it anyway. Yeah. So. Why, why, so, why would the king give you the ability to undo him? I mean, is this is this a? There's always a Jake. There's always a gunslinger. There's always a tower. <laughs> I, I mean, is so, so like there there it, it's fraught with destiny, right? At the very okay. least, you know, like there, there is there is a certainty about this. Um, that is, that that is kind of being presented, and a lot of what the Man in Black is saying will, you know, like, like any good long running series, will take on a different context um, okay. as you as you kind of proceed along. As long as um, we are literally not reading Bioshock Infinite, I think I'll be okay. We're, we're not. We're, we're, we're not. It's <laughs> it, it is it is it is not that that level of very loose and kind of unsatisfying determinism. It's. It, it, it's thought out specifically because specifically because oh, yeah. uh, of the fact that this is a revision. Also, all of the DLC for these books are actually good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just really happy that we finally found the Venn diagram that encompasses uh, anime, old school, and Bioshock Infinite <laughs> on a Stephen King podcast. Yeah. Hey, you know that's the, 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 the that's the magic of this free flowing uh, k- k- kind of format. You know, we're we're out here, we're we're, we're finding elements, we're putting them together. This is the, the this is alchemy that we're performing. <laughs> Cole's making jokes for four people on the Patreon backer Slack. <laughs> <laughs> here, here at Radio Free Midworld, our barrier to entry is very low. Jump in whenever you want. <laughs> yep. this is it's not impenetrable at all. Um, and so that's that's where it kind of ends with visions of Roland imagining this battle at the tower, you know, uh, dreamed his long dreams of the tower to which he would someday come at dusk and approach winding his horn to some uh, unimaginable final battle. And that's the end. It leaves us with this hook. And there's one question that I want to ask. Both of you, Evan, and of you, Jeremy, as people who, you know, maybe didn't read this when, you know, like when you were waiting for the drawing of the three. But like, mm-hmm. let's talk about that anticipation because, you know, we're introduced to characters We're you know, the, the, the rest of the quest is all but laid out. Like, what's our what's our state of mind? And Murph, you can chime in on this, too. Like, what's our state of mind, you know, either coming to this fresh, you know recalling what it was like when we were fresh or actually coming to it fresh like like murph is doing like like what are we thinking about about what comes up i was honestly incredibly curious what uh what murph's take was on this just because i i remember the first time i read it and i knew that the second book was called the drawing of the three but i had no idea what that meant at all and by the time i finished this book i was more confused (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm I am anticipating like I don't know what drawing is and I've got some ideas but I don't I don't think for for me this book is like the the series is not laid out in fact I'm still kind of like okay he's on a beach <laughs> 
what's what's happening yeah. <laughs> like he, he gave up all this to know hey hey go to the beach <laughs> people do that every day yeah yeah um so yeah no i'm for me like the the future is still unwritten i'm still i know he's gonna encounter th- three people probably um and then there's probably a tower <laughs> So you're, so you're just making the safe bets. Yeah, you know. Just, I really, where, you did, know. where did the risky Murph predictions from last year oh, come? No, no, so, I, I, I want to see those. So, here, <clears throat> so do we want to go? This is what I think drawing is. All right, here we go. You keep up with our pun theme. Clearly drawing has to do with like taking a gun out, but then it's the bullets you don't shoot. <laughs> yeah, so it's the bullets you don't shoot at people. And instead of then, either it kills them or it doesn't, based on if you were meant to or not, because you you figured it out. He pulls he pulls the gun, he shoots it, but the bullet is actually an egg, and as the bullet flies, it hatches and grows into a grows into a a person or a xenomorph, and then (laughs) (laughs) this is the prequel to Prometheus. I didn't have the heart to tell you. Oh man. Yeah, I more that my other my other thing is uh drawing has something to do with divination and guns and so like maybe he's I don't know, maybe he's shooting a bunch of cards in the air because that's you know that's how you find stuff out. Yeah, it's wild western. Yeah, that's that's the entirety of the second book. <laughs> oh yeah, the drawing of the three. He just, it's Roland yeah. throws up three cards, he shoots all three. It's yeah. an ace, a three of hearts, and an old maid. The end. <laughs> this this is a fun joke i can recall where i was at with this which is i was incredibly excited to meet everybody um and not just because i thought there were going to be new characters and new friends but specifically because he's given a loaded hand with this nothing he's nothing that, that is presented sounds like it's going to be good right here's the prisoner here's this drug addict this you know and all, all, all sympathy to people who are you know, suffering with addiction, but like on this quest, possibly a liability. Here's this lady of shadows, this, you know, two faced person who has no respect for, uh, for, for, um, you know, flatware. Blue plates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it, it, it the, the, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty right now about whether or not this represents possibility or hindrance as it goes oh. along, you know? See, if, if this was, if I can say, if, if this was an anime, like he would 100% be fighting three mysterious figures in the shadows. And at the end of the book, one of the, the smallest of the, the figures would step out and you would see their face like this. <laughs> that's how dark tower of the anime would go. <laughs> I would actually really like to see dark tower of the anime. <laughs> <laughs> I think Don't, it's Jojo's bizarre adventure. Dream, actually. Keep chasing the dream. <laughs> is, is it, is it Jojo's really? Uh, Jojo's is pretty weird. <laughs> There's a literally a, a fight where they are falling down a, uh, a chimney that lasts about 20 minutes. Like the house is on fire. They are falling down the chimney as like fire abounds and they're just punching each other constantly. <laughs> is sure. one of the, is one of the characters that are punching each other, the one that's named Ario Speedwagon? Cause that's, that's the only fact I know about Jojo's is that there's a character uh, named Ario it is, Speedwagon. It is, it is not, it is, uh, it is Jojo and Dio. Mm. Does, okay. Does well, roundabout play at any point? 
Um, possibly <laughs> at the very I end. Don't understand this meme, and I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> I, I, I Jojo is to... effing nuts, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope, I pray that Vine is still available so I can link that that, that video. <laughs> Griffin Macro is a fucking genius, is what he is. Um, True. So, so let, let let's get our final thoughts on on this book since we are in the privileged position to you know kind of recap our our our, our feelings on this. I already kind of gave mine. I have a, 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 a lot more appreciation for not just the gunslinger as its own kind of individual work, which is kind of regarded as being like the best standalone, you know, book in the series. Like it's a great introduction, but it tells a fairly complete story, at least in terms of its arc and everything. But coming to it with the perspective and kind of looking at it with a close eye, there's always the worry that it's not going to stand up to scrutiny or discussion. Like there's not going to be enough there. Um, the fact that we have, managed to turn this book into this whole season of the show and we're all kind of <laughs> learning from each other and in our interpretations <laughs> just kind of speaks to you know how well this thing stands you know uh, if, if if it was a worse thing it wouldn't hold up to scrutiny quite so well and so i am incredibly excited you know looking forward into this and i have turned the discussion of the book into the discussion of this show so i will pass the torch off to whoever wants to go next I'll jump in here because um, <clears throat> I was for a long, long time. I would have told you that this is my favorite Stephen King book, like over the stand over like his big ones over it or whatever. Um, this was this was always the go to because I thought just the world building, the ending chapter, like up until I was about probably 18 or 19, I would have probably told you was like the most fantastical thing I'd ever read in my life <clears throat> with the weird vision size thing, the blade of grass. Um Coming back to it now, especially with the changes, I feel like it. I feel like the book is diminished in my eyes a little bit, hmm. but I feel like it's still just a really solid read. Like coming out of this, and to go back to your earlier question before we got distracted by anime and Harry Potter, um, <laughs> we, I am. I was so glad as a kid that I had the drawing of the three right next to this book. Like I yeah. had that book immediately to go into. Um, Cause you're, uh, and you're, I'm glad of that. Your family what? liked King a lot too, right? Like you were, uh, your yeah. My, my mom like had all of the Stephen King books. Like nice. there was like shelves of hardbacks of Stephen King and Dean Cooks, Patricia Cornwell, like all of that classic like airport read stuff. Yeah. Um. And so like being able to pick up that next book and go immediately into it, especially with like no uh, no spoiler warning here, but like there was a very shocking beginning to the beginning of book two mm -hmm. like it's it was it feels really really good and now reading it i'm so excited to get to the rest of the series yeah. um watching my wife who has been on the show a couple of times now she's like well into the wasteland oh no i'm sorry she told me today she started wizards and glass she's already on oh, book nice. four yeah so like <laughs> she's gonna laugh something a couple about, times <laughs> i know right yeah. um there's something about t taking this kind of detailed approach and and really getting into it that makes me just want to speed run this series like i really yeah. and this this happens too with um the other duck feed podcast i'm on days of future cast where we do these x-men shows those episodes <laughs> should be bad but just when we start covering them with my like this minute detail i just want it like it makes me like it all the more mm -hmm. and the fact that these are actually good and not just crappy cartoons <laughs> helps out a lot <laughs> so i, I i'm I came out of this, like, like I said, a little bit diminished in for, as far as you know, what I had built up in my head over the years as mm -hmm. the dark tower books, but I am still like, super excited about it. Yeah. Um, Evan, how about you? Um, yeah, funny, funny kind of mostly on topic anecdote. Uh, the first time that I read this, 
I think I mentioned uh, in the first episode it was my dad's paperback copy from 1982 or whenever it came out. And my dad had the entire series. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to read this. I'm just going to power through this whole series. It's going to be great. I'm 15. I have nothing better to do with my life. Um, (laughs) So I finished the first book and I realized that my dad doesn't have the complete series. He has everything but the second book. Oh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to the library and the library obviously that's the only one that they don't have. And I'm, you know, 15 and broke and don't have money to buy a $17 paperback because for whatever reason, that's, I remember that that was how much it cost. It was like almost a $20 paperback book. Yeah. like And uh, fate has decreed that this will be as difficult for you as possible. Yeah, exactly. And so what I wound up doing, because this was before I had, um, an iPod or anything like that, the MP3 player that I had um, could hold, I think, four songs. <laughs> it was like oh, a Rio MP3 player that could hold four or five songs. <laughs> so, like, you know, I wasn't going to be able to to get it on any kind of a device to, to read it or listen to it. So I took my dad's uh, Garmin GPS that had a headphone jack <laughs> and for some reason had Audible <laughs> – <laughs> oh god and so i downloaded the drawing of the three audiobook using the free audible sign up credit yeah onto oh, my dad's gps and then stole my dad's gps for a week and would just lay in bed with my headphones on listening to the objectively oh, wonderful audiobook yeah on my dad's old old gigantic gps jesus that's great that wow, is that's, hilarious that is dedication is what that is and so, that's, so i don't know if that's the best just, thing i've ever heard i i don't know if, if it's if it's a combination of like you know reading the original paperback and then going through all of that to experience the second book in such a bizarre fucking fashion but i i really really love the gunslinger and the drawing of the three is pretty consistently my favorite book in the series and might be my favorite Stephen King book. It's, it's definitely up there. Yeah. And we're right on the edge of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sitting in on a lot more episodes next season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Murph. So, you know, we've turned to you consistently for your, you know, fresh new perspective on this. Somebody who's coming to it. We've had, you know, several people who've filled this role, but you're here now. Um, are you excited to continue? Yes. Um, I'm kind of actually surprised that I hadn't read this in my youth. This is, seems like, oh yeah. Like I was, I was that kid that was reading in class. Like I was, I was that nerdy kid. Uh, I, I read a lot. I read consistently. I read quickly. And I'm really, really surprised that uh, uh, I, I hadn't read this. Like I had at one point, I think in probably in middle school, I read The Stand in maybe like a 20, no, 48 hour period. Holy shit. Well, in <laughs> special circumstances, we were driving in a car to oh, from yeah, South Carolina it. to Pittsburgh, yeah, and like to pick up the, a lot of mescaline. So I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and so there was literally nothing else to do, right? right. This is this was before phones, guys. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I know. Was, I know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it was just like, all right, well, I guess I'll, this book's <laughs> thick. <laughs> <laughs> this, this looks like mm, 12 hours worth of book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it, it was that and Isaac Asimov's The Foundation. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, um, no, this is this book is for younger me. If I if I was younger, yeah, this book probably would have blown my mind. <laughs> uh, and like, oh man, the future can be the past, and the past can be the future. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of this is this is kind of a shameful kind of nerd corner, along with like uh, I don't know, like Smallville and. Uh... <laughs> oh man, don't compare these two. Yeah, <laughs> like in the nineties. Uh, I'm. I, what's my other? Uh, I, we was just talking about this, but yeah, just this is just one of those weird kind of nerd shame spots that I haven't yeah. uh, filled in yet, and I'm glad to to do it in such a good company. Yeah, it's a. It's it's not never too late, but you know, it's rarely too late. Yeah. Well, well look, I've also <laughs> watched anime this week, so like literally <laughs> anything else I do is better than that. Yeah, you just set your baseline. <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome um so next time we're going to be talking about the eyes of the dragon that is a little bit difficult to get a hold of the ebook version is not as readily available as i would like um but we do have uh, uh some people who are going to be on that i need to read it over christmas break again we are time shifted to an absurd degree but that is how this show is is, is possible it's also possible uh thanks to uh, just all the people who have uh, kind of assembled and joined the panel um, throughout this uh, season. Uh, Chase Greenlee, uh, Patty Smith, um, Autumn Greer, uh, Stephen Veyu, uh, uh, Brian, uh, Dr. Static, you know, Brayden Cameron uh, was kind enough to join us. Um, and then obviously we've got uh, the folks here. Thank you so much, Jeremy, uh, Murph, and Evan. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and coming here and lending your insight to, uh, to talk about this. I'm so happy with the way this is going, and I'm looking forward to talking not just about, you know, the next book, but pretty much everything else related to this. If you want to, so <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that this short, short 20-page chapter turned into the longest episode of the season. Um, but um, uh, like, we'd like to start taking uh, responses um, and things like that. We will uh, pepper them through as they, uh, as, as they fit. Um, you can do that uh, either at duckfeed.tv slash contact or by going to uh, radiofreemedworld.com and uh, using the contact link uh, there on that page. You can also check out each episode's uh, individual page and find not just details about our hosts, but also um, links of note. You can find those vines that we mentioned. You can find the link to, uh, to that somber app, which I'm going to play with over the uh, next couple of days. Uh, it's all cool stuff. And you know the usual things I talk about at the start iTunes ratings and reviews, uh, the Patreon at patreon.com slash TV. That is all there. Let's go through the hosts and say where you can be found. Jeremy, where can people find you? Uh, easiest way to talk to me is at, at JG Greer on Twitter. And there you can find me retweeting links to my 87 podcast that I've started this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I should have warned you off of this path, Jeremy. <laughs> you, it was all your fault. I blame you. It was you and Gary that got me on Bonfireside Chat. And it's been basically like great from there. So it's all your fault. <laughs> oh, your blood is on our hands. No. <laughs> uh, Murph, how about you? Uh, dinosaursarecool.com and at Dork Night Show on Twitter. Awesome. And Evan, how about you? Uh, I've got an evanjonesthorn.com set up if you want to read some stuff about music or uh, industrial machining. Because mm. that's 
pretty much the oh. two things that I write about because <laughs> that's what I can get people to pay me to write about. Hmm. Uh, I also have uh, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Harder. And I run the Sad Paul Stanley Twitter account as well, which is a lot of fun if you like stupid jokes and like or hate the music of Kiss. And uh, I'm on every single episode of Teenage Dirtbags that deals with uh, Eiffel 65. God, that episode's so good. Oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's another one. There's another one coming. Is there? Oh, oh is there? Oh, boy. There's, yeah. There's oh, boy. Video. <laughs> Sneak previews. <laughs> oh, go listen to Teenage Dirtbags. It's so, so good. Um, we will return to Toucan 5 or whatever that fucking planet was called. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm blue. <laughs> Seriously, TeenageDirtbags.co. It is, it is mm-hmm. a wonderful show, as is uh, pretty much everything. on. I, I, I don't know why I hedged that. It's my fucking network. Everything on DuckV.TV is great. Go listen to it. Um, but uh, most of all, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you uh, to the assembled hosts. And until next time, two weeks from now, long days and pleasant nights. Thank you, Sai.